Alrighty. Here we go. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm here, Nate Walworth, with Joe Patton, episode seven of the Pure Tennis Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. It's off season time. We got a little Davis Cup action fi- uh, finalizing. Is they are in the semis now. Uh, Davis Cup has always been fun, and I think it's a an event that deserves. Like I was, I was actually just talking about this with Gruskin on the Many Break podcast yesterday. I think team events need more of a presence in our calendar, and not just shoved at the back of the, the calendar year where fans are pretty burnt out and looking forward to the Australian Open already. And they just, you know, with the holidays and stuff, it's it's not on the uh, tennis calendar as, as I think it should be. Is this is a, a huge event? It's the biggest international uh, tennis team event, and, and it's almost like it's a World Cup of tennis. So. I think if they can kind of carve out some time in the year, uh, like, I mean, Grus- I mean, shout out to Gruskin for kind of, this was a topic we just discussed, but I think that was exactly what I was kind of thinking as well. Labor Cup and Davis Cup, two awesome events. Put them in the calendar as a staple. You know what? Like, that's, these these guys love playing for their country. I mean, you're getting Novak at the end of a year going through his grind, and he's still willing to put his body on the line for his country, and I think that just goes to show how much it means to him, and it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun environment, and it looks like a, a soccer match with the fans, you know, playing instruments, waving flags, and I think that's a cool part of of tennis. So I don't know if you've been able to catch any of that action. I've been following it um, just on the side. I got a little bummed when U.S. got smoked in their group stage. So I, mm-hmm. it's not that I. I'm. I definitely. I, mean, I was watching Cam Nori on Stroof last night, two nights ago, and I'm watching the Russians. Um, as well. Rublev's in the third set right now as we speak yep. against Murr. Yeah. I mean, they're just stacked. You, we were talking about that early, but I think the the playing for Russia this country is, is great. I think it's I think it's a neat event. Um, I wish they'd take the names off the back of the jerseys. That looks just weird. Yeah, no, that's a good take. I, <laughs> I do think that looks weird. Take the names off the back of the jerseys like, for we sure. We know what country these people are playing for. We don't need to like have it in English because, like, one, it just assumes that the only people that are watching it are, are moron Americans that don't necessarily know, <laughs> know that all these different places have oh, uh, countries. But like, I think that it would be neater for neater if it just didn't have it like stick, no. stick painted on the back of every jersey. Now that we we, we yeah, and now and we're ta- I've just insulted everybody. That's but now that we're talking about Novak a little bit, what do you think about him? Now he's it seems that his father has come out in in the public and said that. There's no plans of him playing in Australia. That caught a lot of people off off guard for sure. I feel like, and I think people assume that he would go back and defend a title that he's he just he's, I mean he just won destroyed Medvedev in the final. He's won seven of them, and he's he's willing to kind of let this one go by and kind of stick to his guns here. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough question. I think that as a as a tennis fan, I'm sad that that they. Um, I mean, I don't think he's actually said. It. I think it's his dad that said it. Right, correct. Like, been clear, yep. but like, as a person, I think it takes guts for someone like Novak to kind of stand up to this stuff. So, that, again, this is my perspective, but I think that the tennis world is, you know, it's tough people. You get the women's tennis uh, boycotting Chinese for the kind of the the weird situation around Pink that shot. but i yep. think different things you get you know tennis doesn't do well with authoritarian uh-huh. no it's stuff it's crazy it's like tennis it, is it, at the it, forefront of 
two big issues right, right. now. Right, and Novak kind of just not really saying yay or nay or his dad, but uh-huh. it's just saying that that's personal and that's no one's business but his, I think, is just a nice, clear take to mm-hmm. that no, country right. and their tournament. And if you're going to lose Novak, the current champion, uh, Djokovic, like, does that does that actually equal a slam? No, I don't I know. That's, I don't it, know. It, it definitely, no, if he doesn't play, like, it definitely leaves... But, I mean, after a year or two, people are going to forget anyway. But for fans that are kind of in it and know, it, it'll definitely leave a little bit of an asterisk on this title because this is a title that he's had so much success in. And I think that's why it's such a big statement if, if he makes it and decides to kind of continue uh, his stance there. And uh, I think it's it's a fair point to have that he's he's just – like his medical information is private. Like we've yeah. seen in all, all leagues across the world, NBA, NFL, a lot of these guys, they don't, they're not – they well, don't, they, they it, don't need to release. I mean, then it means a lot to the people I think that are in Australia that are in a quarantine camp. You like, know? yeah, no, the, there's people that don't. The agree NFL with that. had guys wearing. They were like thinking that they, people were going to wear different wristbands if you were vaccinated yeah. or unvaccinated. That's just that's going. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to handle. It's a lot. We'll uh, we'll move on from that. We that, can that, skip. Yeah, we can move into the. I mean, it's awesome that we're talking about it for no, one. Yeah. I think it just has to be brought up. It's like we you can't ignore the elephant in the room. It's like tennis exactly. is at the forefront. You're gonna of, lose your current yeah. champion in the in the in the first Grand Slam of the year because that's something that the the Australian government is refusing to acknowledge and that that there's a different perspective on how this should be. And it's, I mean, it's not like Novak, he he can wear a mask and he can quarantine and he can stay six feet away from, it's tennis. It's like he's by himself. So if he, if they actually wanted to make him stay six feet from everybody, I feel like that's the thing they could achieve. The thing is that Djokovic is not even saying, Djokovic could be completely triple he could vaccinated, be, yeah, he could, and, exactly. he's just not telling them, and that's exactly. his right. And he, what he's saying is that that's his right, and I totally agree with it. That's no, that's that is that is a clear. I'm glad you um you stated that because that's true. He could be vaccinated. He's just refused to kind of reveal his what what he's kind of done with his with his health. Yeah. So moving on, I know that that was everybody wanted to hear our takes on that. Uh, that's everyone. No, everyone, wanted everyone was to know. dying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but so good moving, job, tennis players. Moving on. I wanted to talk about this is something we also discussed in the mini break, but I, I want to reiterate it um, to our audience of uh, hopefully what twenty, maybe twenty five people, hopefully yeah. thirty people. But anyway, moving on, I want to talk about recycle balls. It's a, a big campaign, a, an initiative that we're going to take in two thousand twenty two a lot more serious. It's a huge issue. I mean, three hundred twenty five million balls are produced annually into the market uh, for the one point two billion tennis fans and players, and that is just a massive number. Uh, Midwest tennis account. Um, you have to guess, ch- check them out on Instagram. They they filled me in that that is approximately going to go around the world 0.05 times. Because Gruskin, when he heard that stat, was like, "How many times could the, could those balls go around the world?" And I was like, "Uh oh, I don't I don't think they could get around Gruskin." So almost, but 0.05 times around the world. It would, but um, 400 years to decompose one tennis ball. Hmm. Just given the microfibers that these balls are made of and the glue that they use, the adhesive, that takes 400 years for a ball to, at, at a landfill to decompose. So it, it's, a, it's a big thing. And You go to like Wimbledon, U.S. Open, Australian Open, French Open, those two-week slams, 54,000 balls they, they use in those two weeks. And the Wilson balls, it takes 500 years. <laughs> Dun- Slossinger yeah. balls done in about... A year and a half. <laughs> Gamma's done tomorrow. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Shout out to Gamma. Great, good, good ball. Great ball. Great, great ball. ball. Um, so, 
2.5 tons of, of land. Uh, this is the last number, but 2.5 tons of landfill from those 54,000 balls. So That's just some, cra- some crazy numbers I wanted to throw out there. So, guys, if you guys are a part of a club, part of a um, even public courts, you guys go to RecycleBalls.com. They will come drop off a green recycle bin uh, that you guys can use at your club, and they'll come pick up the balls as well, drop off a new box. It is super easy. We use it at Western Athletic Club in Cincinnati. Uh, we filled them up uh, like four or five boxes in like a month or two. So it, it does matter. It does make a difference. And I know Tennis Point is uh, really happy to kind of be a part of this. And we that's also, cool. yeah, we also want to get in with a local shelter and give some of these balls to the, some of these dogs and stuff. I think that's another thing we could do with. So there's always there's always a use for these. Um, that's just another thing I know we have uh, Piper Piper as our uh, recycle expert. She's been getting in touch with a bunch of these clubs around Cincinnati. And um, so if you guys need to reach out to get, get a hold of recycle ball bins, let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also next, we want to also as this year off season mode is different. Like there's we could talk about tennis, but we could also just talk about some fun stuff. One thing that we were discussing before the pod, I was like, we should just let this go on the pod. Give me the guys moving forward, like not the best guys, but the guys that Joe Patton cares about. Like who are the guys that like when you that they're. See, on? I was going to ask you who Ooh. you care about because my guys are different, and you have way. I think your list is way more interesting than my list. My list is probably just the most generic. <laughs> um, I love Andy Murray. And yep. I, I'm, I'm no, a, yeah. I'm a big uh, Agassi fan. Before um, I came back and started watching tennis religiously, now I think that I, when it comes to people I'm, I'm polling for, I'm looking at um, Medvedev just because he was the first guy I liked that was not good that became great, and then Karatsev. Um, you mean by, by not good guys? He that's very relative. Yeah, not he, good. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't great. He wasn't. Yet. He wasn't a 16 UTR yet. No. He was. He's still chasing. Yeah, I but, I think I I thought that I found him. Like I think I even asked you. Have you ever heard of uh, Daniel Medvedev? I did I remember? <laughs> dude, that's when I knew you were back on the tennis wagon. When I said like you saw the talent. I think that was 2018. Yeah. 2018. That you were like I think this guy is gonna be good. And I was like, and he was. I mean, it wasn't like he was. Right. Nobody, but I mean, yeah, he was definitely not even close to being. He wasn't where he was now. No, not even. He hadn't yeah. won it. Yeah. So. Had, had, yeah. Good I, shout out there. I, I, I was there for it. I can witness that. Yes. Yes, you were. I can vouch for it. I mean. Um, so those would be my guys. And like, I always pull for the United States. The, you know, if there's an American, I don't think. Don't take that, my guys. I don't, well, I, I was going to say Tommy Paul just that's because my, one that's of your dude. But I like. TP. I'm, I follow him because of you. I think that the. JJ Wolf, even though yep. he's a challenger man, uh, I like I like him because he's from you know Cincinnati, and uh, that's where I um, kind of th- those are my guys. No, are, if there's an American, right there. um, I'm, I like I like Zverev this and is I like Tennis Djokovic. US, so. I like Nadal. Yep, and those are the you know basically the generic list. But those are that's everybody. I like that you said no. I like all the names you said. I mean Andy Murray. He's a guy that. He's been around and he's been a part of my life. It feels like for so long, but I haven't really grown to like him as much as I like him today because I feel like he's one of those guys that just stuck around so long. He just continues to show that, like this dude loves tennis and like that's relatable to me. Like I was always like this guy. He just does it for the love of the game. Like he he could have given this game up after his surgeries. He came yeah. back and he's getting top twenty wins again. And fast. He's still got the speed. He still got. He still he got that back. He lost it. And now it's like, how did he get that burst back at 34 years old? It's unbelievable. So I'm, I'm with you on Andy Murray. Uh, you also mentioned Tommy Paul, who I've been a fan of. I really love his game. And 
Uh, just his demeanor and his personality off the court. He's just a fun guy. I think he's great for tennis. I think if he continues to climb, he's he's a guy that like casual fans I call him like they could they could gravitate towards this guy. He's got that like him and Tiafo and um, I think e- even Corda's gonna have some of that with just Corda's just got his own kind of swagger. He he's, he's on my list as a guy that just like I'm I'm always curious to see how he does how he does like the way he manages his schedule at a young age. All that stuff was interesting to me. It seems like it's very calculated. He comes from a sports family, yeah. two sisters on the LPA, LPGA Tour. His one sister is ranked number one in the world, I believe. Um, no, it's a, just a cool family and it's just a cool story, and um, I, I think he's a, got real potential to be a top 20 guy. Um, yeah. So, no. Yeah, I left out, and I'm going to steal your other guy, but Nick Curious too. Cause, uh, I'm glad you said it and not me, because I feel like people think I'm going to start making like a Curious Burner account or something. <laughs> no, so He's great. People people actually like this. Like People do like Curious. I know people like always – say whatever they want it like that he doesn't bring but like he's good for tennis like regardless of like crazy stuff he says i'm not defending anything like but like he he's good for the game and i think the rafa and novak and roger these guys have always kind of acknowledged that like they don't always agree with how he's carried himself or how he's um kind of maybe disrespected the game and somewhat how some guys may view it but he's i mean he's just a a personality that tennis needs and he's a breath of fresh air he kind of brings some of that McEnroe banter that, I mean, I love the banter. I'm here how, for it. Well, I mean, how does he disrespect the game of tennis that hasn't already been disrespected? Uh, smashing I, a racket? I, I, I'm in the Everybody same, smashes a racket. I was like... Unless like, your name's Rafa Nadal. Unless, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, but that's fair. And I think, no, he's Curious is on my list just because I think, like, when he plays, he's get, like people are watching just to see what, like, what is he going to do next? And I hope he has... It looks like he's working I, from his Instagram. I mean, he's a great follow on social media, guys, if you guys haven't followed him already. But it looks like he's working hard. It looks like he's trying to get back into tennis. Uh, he's doing this podcast thing, too. So he's just got a lot of um, other hobbies and interests. I think wine. it makes he's yep, into wine. He's into wine. Yep. <laughs> Check out the Andy Murray, Nick Curios Quarantine Live for, for good content if you're, if you're ever bored. Um, but, no, the, my, my wrist kind of rounds out with um, Carlos Alcaraz just because just he's electric. I mean, it's like – when you got these guys, like, for me in the NBA, it's LaMelo Ball. It's just like, when you you see it one time, it's like, oh, that's that's what it looks like. That's what the next generation is going to have. Like, he is a handful. He's got the goods. He's one of the fastest players on tour. He hits the crap out of the forehand. One of the biggest balls on that wing. His his backhand's super solid. I mean, he believes. His, his mental game is strong. He's got one of the best coaches on tour in Juan Carlos Ferrero, former world number one. I just think that whole thing is just – very interesting, and it makes it popcorn tennis, in my opinion. Popcorn tennis, too, but not to go back to Tommy Paul, but the mustache. No, all the TP the love. Mustache. Exactly. And the mustache. Exactly. You can't top a mustache. No, you cannot. You can't top the mustache. And he's just, yeah, he's the, the new balance fits him well. The pink shirt, he's retired it now. But that whole look was just, that was very TP. Um, I'm here for it. Brad Stein, great coach. Brad Stein. Yep. So I love that camp. Uh, the, the other two guys I have are, I love, I mean, how can you not love Sasha Bublik? I mean, Bublik is Bublik. Bublik, man. He's a guy. Anybody on Instagram? He eviscerates tennis ball. He does. Six I, six. He he's also got the feathery uh, under underhand little side slice. slice. Like he, he casually slides between the legs. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable. I'm a big Bublik fan. Um, he's also any guy. Any of these guys that like have over a hundred thousand followers on social media and follow zero people, like 
that just adds a, another level of coolness to you. <laughs> right. Like, you wonder, like, so every time he wants to check out Instagram, does he just go to, like, the search tab and just type in the people he cares about? Like, <laughs> I always wonder how they, like, how do you determine, do you ever look at your Instagram or do you just post? I mean, that's just. Or someone's running his account. Someone's running. No, Bubuk's for sure <laughs> running that account. That's, look, just look at the clips. He puts, his Instagram is funny. And his name on, his handle on Instagram is just Bublik. Just like, Bublik. no first name, just Bublik. That, that's, once you go to the one name, you're a solidified legend. Like, that. You're, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. That's true. Um, and the last guy. It's like Madonna. It's like Madonna. Exactly. Kobe, Shaq. Like, you, you go to one name, it's it's a wrap. You're, yep. Last guy, though, Sasha Zverev. Another Sasha. Just with, with everything that's kind of gone on with him, off the court, on the court, it's just like this guy continues to just, as, as the ATP allows him to play, He's trying to figure out how to win a slam, and yeah. I don't know how lo- much longer he's going to be able to play with these allegations. I hope it's I, I hope it's all false, but it's, it's not looking uh, great. I um, would throw in I throw in Andre Rublev too, just because I like his I like his he's Ruby just, Tuesdays. He's he's get that fight. He's kind of the the grunt that he puts out there is better than anybody else's. But yeah, but but it's just no. mean, it's meaner. Even but, though he's skinny and yeah. you know he looks like he's ready to go. You know, Rublev's like six to six two one ring. six two one fifty, but he hits the poop out of the ball. He does. Um, no, he's he's an interesting character as well. His actually team Russia in general just is very captivating. They right got now. good characters. They do, they do, and they all like each other. It seems like more than most of these these uh, yep. Europeans do. Yeah. And I love that they go support each other when they when those other guys are playing in, in slams. What a and, team to be on. Right. I mean, I the mean, team's loaded. They got four guys. They in the are top. loaded. Stupid loaded. Um, and I think yeah. Comeback player of the year. I the nominations were Jack Sock, Mackenzie uh, uh, McDonald, and McKenzie Andy McDonald. Murray. Man, Andy Murray's got to be this. This is the, this to me. Yeah, that's got to be borderline no brainer. It's I appreciate that they put Jack Sock in there, and uh, they also oh they they put Kakanakis in there as well. But this is Andy Murray's award. Like thirty four years old coming back or thirty five years old coming back from a. Hit metal hip surgery, right? And That's putting on an absolute no brainer, right? Put, putting Sitsipas in a fifth set at the U.S. Open in prime time, and have to get and, yeah. and all the drama that came with it. That's like, what I was going to say. The antics like, and did he like, actually? I mean, he could have beat him if he didn't get the toilet. Yep, if <laughs> he didn't get, they fixed that. The ATP has fixed that. Have they? You get two minutes to change clothes and three minutes for a bathroom break, I believe. So a total ah. of five minutes. So no more, no, no more of that chatter will be happening. I'm glad we got that issue figured out. Uh, that that seemed to be something that tennis fans were uh, were very very passionate about. Um, so that's <laughs> now that that's out of the way, Sitsi Pass can go back about his business in a peaceful manner. Uh, speaking of Sitsi Pass, though, what did you, just an interesting character, man? I I have like I I don't I, don't th- I feel like I don't feel like I can talk about him very much. We because don't. I just yeah we don't. I just don't understand the guy. Like I his game is 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 obviously very good. Obviously, like, obviously a very good player, but like. I had, off the court, he did this Twitter Spaces the other day. I hopped on there. I was like, I just got to hear what this guy says like when he's not talking tennis. And he's talking about traveling as a minimalist, which was just like how he's traveling with like hundreds of pounds of camera equipment and like how he packs for 31 days for road trip. And I'm just like, you're not a minimalist, dude. What, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I was like, what are we, what are we doing here, guys? And like, he was like asking people to come in and talk about their travel stories, and I'm just like. This guy's passions are just off God. the wall, man. Off the he wall. The, the the masks with his own little cartoon character I thought were kind of funny. But then, like, the more that you just learn about Titsy Pot, it just seems so weird. It's very weird. Like, the, like he acts like he's he's very philosoph- a, a philosophical 
thinker. I don't know if I said that word correctly. Yeah. But philosophical thinker. Philosophical thinker. thinker. Um, he's, he's deep. He's very deep thinker, yeah. He wants us to know that, which is cool and all. But it's Which just is funny. why he's doing the mind games with the toilet break, which yep. kind of plays into the like the villain. We were talking off the... Let's end with that segment. Who, is who, are, the, who are the top are there three villains? villains? Yeah. There are. There are. Top are three villains, villains of 2022. I believe there are. Okay. Top three villains of 2022. So I think there's... This is what we'll end. This is a good one to end on a Thursday offseason takes here. Top three villains, in my opinion. <laughs> Sasha Zverev. Number one, just because of the media. Be- yeah, when I post about Sasha Zverev on, Not on tennis people point, are loving on him. It's like people love him or they hate him, and they can't believe we would True. ever post anything about this guy. My so it's like the, he's definitely one of the most polarizing guys. With but like young people that don't know all the like polarizing componentry to it, uh-huh. like they just love like Mike. Mike Ben loves Zverev. He's a super He's on top talent. court. He talks like you know, a good yep. guy. He does. He does all that stuff. Uh, I mean. Very smooth on the microphone, so it would be a, a major bummer if um, the ATP's investigation comes to a uh, some type of um, conclusion on this and that he's proven to be guilty. But um, that would be a bummer because I think he does provide a ton for tennis. I uh, know it's what, so like okay, but so what, what? 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 Let's first before we like do the top three. What makes you a villain? A, a tennis court villain or just a bad person? Because I'm sure that there's well, I'm question. sure there's all these people that are not really what we imagine them to be in real life. So I think we should like stick with the tennis court villain. Got it. Got it. Got so good. <laughs> All right, last segment, off-season mode. You've asked about this before the pod. You're like, does tennis needs villains. And I think tennis does have three villains right now, at least guys that I feel like um, they're not as well-liked as, as, as the others. I would go with number one would be Sitsipas. Yeah. Two Zverev. Three Novak and I, like I do think sports do do better when there's a villain. Like the Warriors were the villain in the NBA, the Patriots were the villain in the NFL, and like people love to see the villain take on the next up, up and coming uh, players and stuff. It's weird because the villain can be defined in different ways. Like for me, I think that, I think that what I was saying was that when I was, when we were talking about people that we care about on the tennis court, when I was younger. There was a villain that existed mm-hmm. that when the person that you cared about had to play the villain, it had brought such a different weirdness to the, the match. Like, for me, it was John McEnroe was the villain. I just, like, despised everything. Like, when he was on there, you're always kind of just, you felt like you're watching on eggshells that he was doing and do something to get into the head of your favorite player. And he did. But then, like, you find out later that that was his whole game plan. And then you start to, like, John McEnroe becomes, like, this cartoon character of what he actually was. So, like, to me, like, on the tennis court, I feel like Titsipas has that, whether it's true or not, with all the toilet breaks, that he was just kind of purposefully getting into people's heads. But I don't know. You know way way more about that than I do. No, that's a great topic to bring up. The top three villains of tennis. And I think that's, like, I think there are a few. I think, like you just mentioned, I think Titsipas is... That whole dynamic definitely built in that type of uh, vibe for him on the tour. Like, guys were thinking it was gamier, and some guys defended him. So it's like guys, right. guys took sides, and it became an issue. Uh, I think two other guys that kind of fit that um, description as a being a quote-unquote villain on the tour would be uh, potentially Zverev and Novak. I think Novak is the most highly re- respected guy on the tour, but I think he's also like um, – just with the fa- like the animosity with some fan bases and stuff. I mean, he gets he doesn't get cheered everywhere he goes, and like yeah. that's why he said it meant so. Like even though he got beat against Medvedev in the U.S. Open, like 
the U.S. Open cheer, like they cheer for him and like they got loud for him, and like, that was like something he said he would take away forever. And I think that like he even kind of himself feels like he's the villain when he goes some places. So when even with Medvedev, like I think people now you think of Medvedev as the guy that's so gracious in the U.S. Open and just people love the the squirming fish uh-huh. celebration. But like, there's the Davis Cup video of him smashing the umps chair and just staring down people and getting in fights with Titsy Pasta. I think that you could even throw Medvedev in the I might take so give me yeah take take Zverev out of that. Let me put Medvedev in there. (laughs) I think no, that's a good call. Because I think one thing that makes Medvedev like what might build onto that is this clay court circuit. Like it is unbelievable to watch him in a clay court match (laughs) and how how adamant he is that clay is for dogs or for pigs to (laughs) play in and he just will not give it up, and it's world-class television. When he played Karatsev uh, 2019 or 2020, Rublev was sitting in the stands watching, and you have to go watch this on YouTube, but okay. I watched this the other night. I'm watching it And tonight. he is just like, sh- he's getting so so pissed about the playing on dirt, and he's just like saying like, you know what, if you like clay, like, I don't judge you. Like, and like, he's obviously like, thinks le- it's like clear that he thinks less of the clay court tennis specialists and stuff. It's like... One of those subtle digs that I was like. He's a mutter. You're not. A, you're yeah. either a mutter or you're not a mutter. He's he, not a mutter. He's like swiping out the dirt like with his racket. Someone's and stuff. going to get hurt. It's so funny. He couldn't find his footing, man. He was like, and then Rublev also with the uh, calling out the line judge this year during the Bublik match. Absolutely. During that point where he like, I think he said like, I don't know if he said sorry or what, but he got a he got a point penalty or a point forfeited because he talked during the point after Bublik returned his overhead, and he. This is going to be on tennis TV, bro. Can you imagine this? And Bublik is just dying laughing. That was, well, like, Medvedev is so entertaining. And, I mean, I think tennis TV was like, they were just like showing their own umpire, like the umpire of the ATP just getting berated by this guy just because it was so entertaining. I'm like, I kind of felt bad for the chair umpire, but like, Got just getting blasted, but they. I, I love that Medvedev is himself, and yeah, because there's um, there's a definite there's a villain that, where there's someone that okay, so there's definitely the villain side where you're like you're at the top of the game and you're purposefully getting into people's heads yep. and beating them with your game makes you a villain, and then there's people that are just bad sports when they lose, yeah, because like tennis has a lot of those um, but no. Awesome uh, getting down here again. Looking forward to bringing on a guest with Angela Wilson next next podcast. I talked to her about that. I think you guys will love that. She's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, but, yeah, happy Thursday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This episode 7.